Today, as has been mentioned already, is a significant day for us because it's the start of Holy Week. It is that day in the church calendar which we call Palm Sunday. Now, most of us have known about Palm Sunday since our days in Sunday school, if you were raised in church, and we know what this is about, and you have already given us a great demonstration this morning by the videos and photos that you sent in of waving the palm branches. But the story of the triumphal entry of Christ into Jerusalem is given in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But I'm going to choose to read it this morning from the Gospel of Mark. So here we go, Mark chapter 11, starting with verse 1. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. So the two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders, sure enough, demanded, what are you doing untying that colt? And they said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Verse 7, then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in highest heaven. Now, this moment that we are reading about in the Gospel of Mark this morning, it happened, it's happening in Scripture, but it was foretold more than 500 years prior to this time by the prophet Zechariah when he said this in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, more than 500 years before that, Rejoice, O people of Zion! Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. Now, this story is so very familiar to us, and yet, as always, there are lessons coming from this passage to us that are ever new and very appropriate for the day and age in which we live. Most of you know, because I've said it often, that I grew up in a pastor's home. And I remember being introduced to a certain word at, at a very early age, and the word was this, burden, burden. In those days when my dad was called to candidate for the pastoral position in a church, it happened two or three times as I was a young boy, the church board of deacons would invariably ask him this question. They would say, Sir, or Pastor Smith, my dad, do you sense a burden from the Lord to pastor this church? Now, I always thought the question was a little bit strange for a variety of different reasons, but it certainly prompted me to ask my parents, What's a burden? What is a burden? And they would explain to me that a burden is something that you bear. It's something that you 
carry. And they would typically go on to explain to me what the concept of weight-bearing in the church is all about and, and what responsibility was all about in the church. Without a doubt, the way I was introduced to the word burdened only left me feeling like it was kind of a negative word by the way that they were using it if not a sad word, and that somehow there would never be any kind of success or happiness or joy when you carried a burden because you were a weight bearer. But then I got to tell you, having children altered my understanding of that word because without a doubt, having a child brings a tremendous sense of responsibility and weight bearing. And yes, you could even say they are a burden. They're a burden when they're infants because they're so completely helpless. They can't feed themselves. They can't clothe themselves. They can't go to the bathroom properly. They're a burden when they're toddlers because by that time they've learned the word no and they use it on you all the time. Anything you say, they say no and and they won't listen to a thing you say and and there's usually still a, a bit of a bathroom problem. And then things only get worse when they become adolescents because they still won't listen to you. They tend to think that they know it all. And then you don't like how they are now clothing themselves, though they are clothing themselves. And they can tend to talk back to you. And they think that their parents are just the worst parents ever that any teenager's ever had to deal with. And they can be a burden. But those of you who are parents that are watching me this morning will agree that from those little burdens that you have running around your house come the most amazing, incredible blessings that anyone could ever imagine. And I have four very simple lessons I want us to learn this morning. I want to give them to you fairly quickly. They come from our text. And the first lesson this morning is this. The greatest blessings come from the greatest burdens. If you were here in the house with me, I'd have you repeat it with me. Let me say it again, and and why don't you say it with me? The greatest blessings come from the greatest burdens. Now, I know that most of us are looking for a word of encouragement today. That's what a pastor is supposed to be doing on this day when we're in this situation. We want some encouragement. And you may well be wondering, why on earth would Pastor Dan be talking about burdens when what we need is a word of hope today? We need, uh, we need to be uplifted. We need to be reminded that we're going to get out of these circumstances, and hopefully very soon. So why would I say this? Well, because, very simply, I'm, I'm here to tell you today that God is calling us, Bethesda, to make room for a burden. Hmm. But I'm also here to tell you today that locked inside the burden that God gives you is His blessing. Locked inside the burden that God gives you is His favor. It's His grace. You'll find locked inside that burden, you'll find His mercy, His compassion. You'll find His love locked inside the burden. And though we spend the biggest part of our lives pursuing the blessings of God, God wants us to know that many times in life, His richest, greatest 
most significantly fulfilling blessings that you can ever possibly know are locked up inside the burdens that he has called you to bear. Now, as it comes to our text, let me remind you that donkeys are called beast of burden, beasts of burden. It's because that's their only purpose on earth. The, the only reason that they are here is to carry something on their back and to bear weight. And this seemingly insignificant donkey who's tied up and Scripture says staring at the front door has never experienced freedom in his life. That same donkey is about to embark on a journey that is going to change the course of history for all mankind. And it makes me want to encourage all of us today to be praying for a burden instead of a blessing. Most significant characters in Scripture had a burden to bear. Look at the burden of Moses. He was royalty in Egypt, but he wasn't blessed. He didn't find his true blessing of companionship with God until the burden of delivering the children of Israel was placed upon him at the burning bush. That's when he found his blessing, when he got the burden. That's when he found it. What about the burden of Noah? He was given a great burden to build something great only to be ridiculed and mocked and made fun of for building such a ridiculous thing. But out of that burden, his entire family found their blessing. What about Jonah's burden of being sent to Nineveh? You know that story. David was given the burden of carrying the entire nation of Israel. Elijah, he said, I'm the only one left. Well, what was he saying? He was saying, I have been given a burden that is hard to carry. And then the angel visited Mary and said, you are highly favored with a burden. Paul certainly was given a great burden. Though he was tied up and didn't know it, his burden, in his burden, in his burden is where he found his blessing. Let me show you 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. You want to talk about a burden? Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty, and I have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak without my feeling that weakness? Who is led astray and, and I do not burn with anger? If I must boast, I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. And then in on in chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians, at verse 7, he says, I was given a thorn in my flesh a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. I begged the Lord to remove it. And each time he said, 
My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is all you need because my power works best in your burden. My power works best in your weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. And that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, the persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In my burden, I find my blessing. In my weakness, I find my strength. Let me say that one more time. In my burden, I find my blessing. In my weakness, I find my strength. Well, just like you, I could stand here and tell you about the greatest burdens that I have carried. I could tell you how difficult they were, how I walked the floors at night, and tell you about how often I wanted to quit. I could tell you about how discouraged I was, how inadequate I felt. But can I just tell you, I would far rather stand here and tell you about the richness of God's favor and his blessings and his grace. I'd rather stand here and tell you about his sustaining power. And I would far rather tell you, stand here and give testimony that in the midst of a heavy burden, in the midst of difficult circumstances, God, the sovereign God of the universe, proved himself to be faithful over and over again. He proved himself to be the one who would stick closer than a brother. He proved himself to come through time and time and time again. I would rather stand here and tell you about the depth of relationship that I enjoy today, not as a result of my blessing, but as a result of my burden. The greatest blessings come from the greatest burdens. Lesson number two, God chooses the unqualified to carry his most prized possession. God chooses the unqualified to carry his most prized possession. You've often heard it. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Mark 11, verse 2, the last part of that verse, Jesus is instructing his disciples you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Not only does Jesus choose a donkey instead of a white stallion, he tells his disciples to find the young colt who has never been ridden. Now, a little research will tell you that this is a fact which made it especially suitable for sacred purposes. Let me show you a couple other places where this similar kind of thing happened. The red heifer, which was used in the ceremonies of cleansing, was to be an animal on which no yoke had been laid. The cart on which the ark of the Lord was carried had to be a vehicle which had never been used for any other purpose. Therefore, the special sacredness of the occasion of the triumphal entry was underlined by the fact that the donkey had never been ridden by anyone before. Now, it's as if the Lord was sending a message to that donkey. And the message sounded like this, and you tell me if it sounds familiar. I need you to carry a weight that you've never carried before. 
I need you to take on a burden that is way outside your ability to do. And what Jesus was really telling the donkey was this. And I trust you to do it. I trust you enough to carry the burden that will represent a prophecy that was given over 500 years. I trust you, young, innocent, inexperienced, never having been ridden donkey. I trust you to help bring forth a prophecy that was written over 500 years ago. And I'm going to go into this city and lay down my life as a ransom for all humanity. And I'm going to trust this little, untrained, unqualified, inexperienced donkey to get me there. Well, I don't know about you. Doesn't that just sound like you and me? Unqualified, inexperienced, incapable, don't have what it takes to carry the burden. But then you must understand this, Bethesda. When we are given the burden, we also get him. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars <laughs> containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. And we stand in amazement today that God would trust us with this fragile clay jar that we are, trust us and the, with the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And he trusts us to carry that as a burden. The greatest blessings come from the greatest burdens. God chooses the unqualified to carry his most prized possession. Third lesson, when you carry the burden of Christ, he does all the heavy lifting. When you carry the burden of Christ, he does all the heavy lifting. And here's the amazing thing about our God. You and I may easily get tired of carrying the weight of responsibility. We may get tired of what we feel like we're called to do. Get tired of carrying the burden. But our God is so faithful. He is so loving. He's so compassionate. Because any time we need to say, My Father, it's too heavy. I can't carry it anymore. Our loving Father will say to us, Let me help you. Let me help carry the burden for you. Psalm 55, 22. Give your burdens to the Lord, and He will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Oh, I pray that is resonating in the heart of someone today. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. You parents would never, ever, ever give your child a burden. You wouldn't give them a sack of groceries that was too heavy for them to carry. Anything that weighed them down to the point that they would stumble and fall, you would not do it. Jesus said in Matthew 11 in our text, he said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, 
and the burden I give you, the burden I give you, he says, is light. When you carry a burden, you don't carry it alone. When you carry a burden, church, you do not carry it alone. You may have to do as I do so often. God, this is your church, not mine. You may look at your checkbook, but you can say, Lord, these are your finances, not mine. You've told me that I wouldn't have to carry this burden alone. Those of you who are business owners today, God, this is your business, not mine. You do not have to bear this burden alone. Our first lesson, the greatest blessings come from the greatest burdens. God chooses the unqualified to carry his most prized possession. When you carry the burden of Christ, he does all the heavy lifting. Then the fourth lesson for us from our Palm Sunday story is this. I cannot carry the burden until I am untied. Jesus told his disciples, go into the village, find that young, inexperienced, incapable, untrained joke of a donkey, because <laughs> I'm going to use him. I'm going to use her. They are my choice. They're who I've chosen to do this. But before the donkey could ever be used for anything, it had to be untied. And who knows how long it had stared at that front door that was right in front of it. No place else to look when it was tied up for so long. Just staring at a front door. The donkey was inexperienced. It had never been ridden. Who knows if it has ever received any kind of attention or, or, or care or acceptance or anyone even been nice to it. Now the donkey was tied up, but not by his choice. If the donkey had his way, he'd be roaming free in the field somewhere. Let me just very quickly unpack this phrase, tied up, because there's a Greek word that's used here in Scripture. It's deo. D-E-O, deo, which means to bind, to fasten, to contain, and contain in the sense of to restrict. Plenty of you listening, listening to me this morning are still tied up, or you sense that you're tied up. You feel bound, fastened, trapped, contained, restricted. You may even want a burden. You may even want that burden to be used by God. But before we can ever talk about points one, two, and three with you, we really need to address this issue of you being tied up. So tied up by what, Pastor Dan? Well, maybe you've been tied up by the rope of shame. Maybe you're tied up by the rope of depression. Maybe the rope that has you tied up is self-doubt, insecurity, or probably worst of all are those who have been tied up by the rope of contentment. Hmm. Maybe you've been tied up by this thing called comfort. Comfort does have a tendency to contain or restrict you and and, and, and when it does, it will not challenge you. It doesn't challenge you to step out into what God has for you. And that's because the burden looks so awful 
compared to your comfort and contentment and convenience. And the devil is well able to use contentment and convenience to keep you tied up. Can I just... I'm going to anyway. Can I just say it real plain? Dear one, dear believer in Christ, you are not called to comfort. You are called to carry a burden. You're not called to comfort. You're called to carry a burden. Pastor Brent, if you and the musicians want to come, I'm going to wrap up here in a second. Speaking of the donkey, Jesus says to his disciples, go untie it and bring it here. Untie it. The Greek word for untie is the word luo. L-Y-O. Luo is how it's pronounced. It means to loosen, to unbind, to unfasten. And you might find it interesting to note that this word, this Greek word luo, is the very same word Jesus used when he called Lazarus out of the tomb. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Then he told those around to luo, luo, unloose him, take off his grave clothes, release him, unbind him. Jesus said, loose him and let him go, luo. And when you bring your problems to Jesus, he will loose you and set you free of that which is had you tied up possibly for years and years. Bethesda, I have a very strange sense that right in the midst of this pandemic that we're experiencing, these incredibly unusual and different days, I believe God is calling the church and wanting to do a unique work in us. As I said last week, this is a preparation time. But He wants to loose us of that which has had us tied up. Not so that we can be given a blessing, so that we can be given a burden. You need a burden. I need a burden. Why? Because you and I will never experience the depth of the love of God, the compassion of God, We'll never experience the depth of the mercy of God, the provision of God. And we'll never experience everything God wants us to have for our life. We'll never experience the depth even of His presence. We'll never experience the depth of what is available to us in relationship with God until we stop pursuing the blessing and start pursuing the burden. Probably the opposite of what you were expecting to hear today. But it's the truth. Because when that happens, you will experience God in a deeper way than ever before. When you find the thing that God is calling you to carry. When you do that, that's where you'll find the greatest blessings come from the greatest burdens. It's where you'll find that God chooses the unqualified to carry his most prized possession. What I'm really saying in that is there's no more excuses. We're great at coming up with excuses. Well, I, I'm, I'm not qualified. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not experienced. I, I don't know how. I, no. God chooses the unqualified to carry his most prized possessions. When you carry the burden, 
He'll do all the heavy lifting for you. But you cannot carry the burden until you have been untied. I hope you've heard the word of the Lord today. Let me pray for you. Lord, I'm asking today that you would give us a burden. Let us come to a renewed place of understanding that we are to take up our cross and follow you. Father, I thank you today that you don't look for the most talented, the best looking, the most experienced, the most qualified. That's not who you look for to accomplish your purposes. We bless you today, Jesus, because you tell us that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Lord, I'm asking today that we be released from um, looking upon the word burden as a negative thing. Begin to see it as a positive thing. Lord, I pray today for those who really want to be used of you, who want to bear a burden, but they're tied up. Oh, great deliverance. Let us experience luo today. Luo, being released, unbound, unfastened, unrestrained. Lord, I pray that you will loose those today who are tied up by whatever rope the enemy has wrapped around them and set them free for the glory of your name. And on this, the first day of a most unusual holy week in 2020, Father, we will be faithful to give you all the praise and the honor and the glory, for we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Let the church say, Amen. Bless you, church.